0: Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the 22nd episode of Season 2 of the Wormburner Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and for this week, I have a very special treat for you this week. We do not have Andrew Tate on the episode, but we are going to be talking about a country that he is closely affiliated with in the Romanian First Division this week, as well as going to our Wormburner News section for this week, I wanted to take a little bit of a different route than I'm than I'm normally used to when it comes to the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it and let me know on our social media, Facebook, facebook Facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner Podcast. And also our Twitter handle is at Wormburner PDCST. Again, that is Wormburner PDCST. Let me know what you think of this upcoming little segment that basically I'd like to call how to fix or how i would fix and basically i'm going to be breaking down a team see where i feel like their problem areas are and work to see how i would run them as a manager myself so I would love to hear what you guys think of it, as well as even inputting your own opinions after the episode. I would love to hear all that. So again, like I said, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast. And we also have our Twitter at Worm PDCST. Again, that is Worm PDCST. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I do have... A very, very, very special announcement that's going to be coming up this next week. It may not come out within the time frame for the next episode, but it may be next episode, it may be the episode after. So keep your heads and ears up for that. I hope that you guys enjoy this week's episode and stay tuned for the news I have for you this either upcoming week or the week after that So let's go ahead and get into it. As I had alluded to before, the league breakdown this week is going to be over the Romanian First Division or the Superliga 1 in Romania. The league competition has been a part of the Romanian culture since 1909, which is something in my research I did not expect at all. It's over 113 years old and it is one of the older leagues in the European realm of soccer. I did, definitely did not know this. And a part of the Super League, 16 teams as of the 2020-21 season is a part of this league. There was the update that brought the 16th team in. And this has a format that I personally have not really seen before. When it comes to some teams, it's kind of a mixture when it comes to the Belgian League. If you haven't checked that out, I'd highly recommend checking out that week's episode. But it's it's kind of like the Belgian League, where it splits and it even somewhat incorporates uh, the Scottish League in a way, that, that kind of format. So, As of this updated 16-team league format, we have a split-off after each team plays each other twice for a total of 30 fixtures. The top six teams compete in a championship playoff, and the winner of this said playoff is determined as the league champion that year, so it kind of has that playoff mentality when it comes to the U.S., but the contrasting part is that the remaining 10 teams in this league format break off into their own league setting or relegation playout is what they call it, and they compete against each other for an additional one game for a total of 39 games. The bottom two teams In this playout, which it's going to be 9th and 10th, I know with 16 teams it's kind of a little bit confusing even for me it was. But for this example, I'm going to say the 16th and 15th place team, the 10th and 9th place team in this relegation playout are automatically relegated into Liga 2, which is the Romanian 2nd division now the 14th and 13th place team or the 8th and 7th place team in the relegation playout play the third and fourth place team in romania's second division in a relegation playoff so if you win that match you stay in the romanian top flight or if you are one of the third or fourth place teams in the romanian second division You win this game, you are promoted to the Romanian 1st Division, and if you lose the match, then you are, then of course, you either stay in the Romanian 2nd Division if you are the 3rd or 4th place team in the Romanian 2nd Division, or you are automatically relegated from the Romanian Top Division if you are from that 7th or 8th place relegation playoff. Or, as I stated before, the overall general relegation table, it is the 14th and 13th place team for that league. When it comes to the overall champions of this league, there is a bit of a diversified group of winners, Honestly, there have been a ton of of different winners in the Romanian First Division, and this is a competition that I would love to see. I haven't seen a team from Romania compete other than in the UEFA Champions League, but uh, one that I would very highly want to see is the Romanian First Division, because the top team that has the most, of course, the most league Romanian league titles is FCSB, which I don't know if it's entirely correct, but the original name when it was founded in 1947 is FC Steaua Bucharest, which I don't know if that still remains true, that that being the breakdown of FCSB, but that is the name of the team now. If that remains true let me know either in our Facebook or our Twitter as I stated before but their first division title of their 26 in total their first one came out in 1951 and the latest one has come in 2014-2015 season in second place with Eighteen titles, eighteen league titles under their belt. It is Dynamo Bucharest with their first one coming in 1955 and their latest one in 2006 seven season in third place with eight titles under their belt is CFR Cluj, which I I had to look up the actual pronunciation. <laughs> Because the name of the club is spelled C-L-U-J. So for those of you that, at least with my understanding of how the Romanian language works, that's how you pronounce it. But their first league title came in 2007 and 8. And their latest one has come in the latest rendition of the competition in 2021-2022. In fourth place, we have Venus Bucharest. With seven titles under their belt, the first one coming in 1919, and their latest one coming in the 1939-1940 season. So actually just before World War II, which is crazy. I didn't even think about that. But the fifth and final team in our top five league champions is UTA Arda with six titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1946-47 and the latest one in 1969-1970 season. That will close out the league champions as well as the league breakdown with the Romanian First Division. Now we have to go to the Domestic Cup competition, which is always fun because you need to see all aspects of the competitions in one's country. The Romanian Cup or the copa Romania was founded in 1933 and there are a total of 202 different clubs competing in this one competition. It is of course a very similar format to most other cup competitions. It is a one game affair where they play against each other once, but then in the semi-final it goes to a Two legged affair, and that is where it's a, a tiny bit different than other cup competitions. And then, of course, the final being a one game affair. When it comes to the champions of the Copa Romania, it is, of course, in first place, as we had alluded to before with the league, it is FC Stau Bucharest or FCSB. Their first of 24 Romanian Cup titles came in 1948-1949, and their latest one was in 2019-2020. In second place... There is Dynamo Bucharest with 13 titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1958 and the latest one coming in the 2011-2012 season. Tied for this second place position is Rapid Bucharest with 13 titles under their belt. The first one coming in 1934-35 and the latest one in 2006 seven season. In fourth place, we have Universitatia Craiova, which I hope I pronounced that correctly. Again, based off of the research I have done, hopefully that's correct, but they have a grand total of seven Romanian cups under their belt. The first one coming in 1976-77, and their latest one coming in 2020-2021. And in fifth place, Filling our final position of the top five Romanian Cup winners. It is CFR Cluj with four cups under their belt. The first one coming in 2007 and 8, and the latest one coming in the 2015 2016 rendition of the cup. That is going to end our breakdown of the Romanian Cup as well as the Romanian League. Let's go ahead and get into this week's news, the Wormburner news section. Alright, so for this week's Worm Burner News section, as I had alluded to at the very beginning of the episode, I wanted to take a little bit of a different step here. And I wanted to put my hand into the ring of how I would fix. And the whole premise of this, honestly, was created or or the reason why I'm doing it is because there's so many different ones out there in the world of just soccer in general but the reason why I'm doing this is because a really big game that I love to play is Football Manager and that allows me to just assess teams see where I feel like they're problems are and honestly I feel like that's some of the other reasons why other people have that kind of mentality is they love the game football manager and they just love the concept and being able to fix teams and that's what I also like to do even though yes the team that we're going to be fixing quote-unquote today is a team that I don't really like but That's needless to say because, honestly, a lot of the content that's going around these days is around this one particular team. If you have any idea what's going on in the world of soccer, you know that the team that I'm talking about is Manchester United. They have had an absolutely shocking start to the beginning of their season, a loss against Brighton and Hove Albion, and then now this previous weekend they had lost to Brentford, a shocking four-zero loss. I genuinely couldn't believe how massive of a loss it was that they they did lose against Brentford. is just a a shocking, shocking turn of events and. That got me thinking how I would work with Manchester United if I was Eric Ten Hag because he's just in the hot seat already and the stats coming out of that game I didn't even realize how bad that they were and there was one that really caught my eye that Eric Ten Hag is the first Manchester United manager in over a hundred years to lose the first two games of the season which I thought was, that can't be right. But sure enough, based off the statistics and the actual results, it is. And I genuinely couldn't believe it. But when it comes to fixing Manchester United, I think that there are some problem areas that need to be solved. And the first one of, I think that is the the easiest of nature to fix is, is the defensive midfield position. I know that a lot of people have linked Frankie De Jong to Manchester United. I know that based off of preliminary rumors and transfer transfer gossip, I should say, that Weston McKinney is also linked with Manchester United. Honestly, if you ask me coming into this situation wanting to resolve the defensive midfield position there is one solution that is already at the club that would make so much more sense and and that solution is Lissandro Martinez from that central defensive position that honestly was just shocking against Brentford I think he could move up into that defensive midfield midfield position and play like a Philip Lom kind of player because he was smaller of stature. He didn't have the the height that most defenders have these days, but he has that mentality, I think, to be able to fit that. And another statistic to be able to back this claim of moving him up to defensive midfield is that Ajax actually did play him as a defensive midfielder, In their lineup from time to time, it wasn't very often, but he has played that role before. So he does have experience playing in the central defensive midfield role that Manchester United, at least in my opinion, desperately need. But that would be my solution for that. I wouldn't waste any money going after Frankie de Jong because that situation has honestly soured, in my opinion, because Frankie is just worried about getting out of Barcelona. And right now, that leading team is Chelsea FC. And I definitely, at this current point in time, do not see Manchester United pulling that weight of a Chelsea to be able to to get frankie de jong to manchester united it i just don't see it but having Lissandro martinez there at the club already that has defensive midfield experience i think that's a very vital thing that eric ten hogg can pull into and tap into and just overall a good situation for them when it comes to that position filling that need now the next big thing Since we're pulling Lissandro Martinez up from that center back position, we will need to fill that hole that, that has been created from this scenario. We need a center back. So for Manchester United, the thing that I would suggest, there are three top targets that I would put my money into. If I was Manchester United, I have no idea if they've even tried to contact these people little little do i know in this this person from the united states knowing what manchester united's transfer policy is and who they've contacted but regardless i digress the number one target at least for money for reputation for the overall stats in general is milan scrinier which plays for inter milan if you don't know he's a absolute force to be reckoned with. He was a absolute beast in Inner's defense last year in Serie A, and I think that that would be a really good signing for them. I know being at the price tag of 65 million euros, that's really pricey. And on top of that, Skriniar is one of the best defenders out there. So having Manchester United come after him is a bit of a stretch because I don't know if Skriniar would want to play at a Manchester United the way that they are. I know that he would want to maybe help fix them and being in the best league in the world or what people consider the best league in the world, that is something that could entice him over to... Manchester United in general that's why I brought him into this top three kind of suggestions from me and in a way the second player that I would suggest for this hole in Manchester United's defense is one that we don't really even have to go that far for it is one in the British Premier League and I think that Manchester United could have the pull to get Sayon Chu from Leicester that wouldn't be a bad offer or a bad situation for Manchester United. He's a solid center back that has a ton of Premier League experience, has done decent for Leicester, in, at least in my opinion, and he's 20 million euros shy of Skriniar's asking price. So at sitting at an evaluation of 40 million euros, Leicester might up that because with the Premier League Tax. (laughs) I say that because whenever you deal with Premier League players, there is a lot of debate on so much money getting thrown into the Barclays Premier League. It may not be that cheap to get signed to. But if your budget is $60 million for a center back, or if you're taking that $60 million from Frankie de Jong that you aren't going to be purchasing anymore, I think that would be a solid investment for Manchester United getting Soyuncu from Leicester City. And only being 26 years old, he's only a year younger than Skriniar is, and he still has that potential to get up there when it when it has his overall positioning and overall just stature in general for Manchester United now going to my third and final recommendation for Manchester United it is a bit of a left outfield one at least in my personal opinion but Eniago Martinez from Athletic Bilbao is my other recommendation he is a little further up in age. He's 31 years old. He is a center back of primary recommendation when it comes to the overall stats in general, but he has played left back before, which also gives a little more depth to Manchester United and fills in for a possible situation if Luke Shaw either gets injured or or if they need him to fill in that left-back position, it gives them a little more depth as well instead of just filling in that center-back role. He is 31 years old. That is a bit of a downside when it comes to the player himself because he is up there in age. He only probably has a couple more years at the top level, but his current evaluation is at €25 million, which honestly, this would be the recommendation for me, if I was the United board. He's a solid, solid center back, and honestly, Athletic Bilbao has been doing really decent in La Liga. They may not be in the European qualification spots very often, but I think that he's a solid center back for a position that, honestly, Manchester United needs to fill, and what better way to, than to get a solid signing from a top five league at a decent price? And the only thing is negative for me is that he's 31 years old and Athletic Bilbao will most likely want to keep to his release clause, which keep Manchester United from getting him, which if that's the case, I would go after Sayun Chu again as that backup Now, the other situation at Manchester United, personally for me, there is a deep-seated problem at forward. With Cristiano Ronaldo not being happy there, you definitely don't want to be in a position where it could get really bad really quick. And I know off of reports based off of ESPN, I know that I think... Sky News had reported it, is that Cristiano Ronaldo is in such bad terms with both the board and the squad that the board is thinking about terminating his contract. He is just he has been a, a problem for them, and he, they just want him gone. And I think that it would be a very decent thing for them to do, especially with the way that he's kicking up a fuss. And, I I mean, I would be too. If, if being as competitive as Ronaldo is, I understand why he's acting that way, but in the better interest of Manchester United, that's just something that the club can't afford right now. Being where they are and having a star player on their roster, kicking up a fuss like this, they need him gone ASAP. And so the... Number one target price range. This is if, again, all best situations happen. I think the best player for Manchester United is another Serie A player along the same lines as Skriniar. But we are going to Napoli for this one. And I would recommend 23-year-old Victor Osman for that center forward role he was a really, really, really good player for Napoli this past season, and he is a whopping 65 million euros. That is one of the negative downsides to Victor Awesome, and I think being able to have a young player like that at at Manchester United it'll really show that hey they've got the pulling power still to pull in these young talent this young talent and to pull them forward into the future for Manchester United that's just my recommendation now going to at least personally for me a more likely shout for Manchester United I think if all goes well that they can really invest wisely and if they have Soyan Chiu and this other recommendation that I'm about to make they could very easily come in if it's going off transfer marked they could very easily go at or just slightly above the 70 million euro mark, which isn't that bad considering the fact that they were wanting to spend 65 million euros just on one player with Frankie de Jong. I digress. The second striker that I would recommend for Manchester United is 22-year-old Alexander Isek from Real Sociedad. He has been a really good player for Real Sociedad, he's always been on a rather consistent mark when it comes to his stats. For La Liga, he is young. He's, he still has a very high ceiling when it comes to potential. I think something for just the overall United situation in general. I think they need to develop that talent again. That they I know that they have the ability to. They've done it before. I mean, Ryan Giggs, David Beckham, I mean, come on. You have the turning talent capability. They just need to do it again. And having a signing like Alexander Isak would definitely help them along the way. And just a, a solid signing in general. He's been in La Liga for some years now playing at a very high caliber for Real Sociedad. The only thing is I don't know if Sociedad would want to let him go for cheap, but having the pulling power of Manchester United, they he he could want to go, want to play in the Premier League. I I don't know what's in the mind of Isak, but I think that is definitely one for one to watch for the before the window closes for this transfer window. Now, there is a recommendation. I have zero idea if this would even work, but if you are Manchester United and you want to just disregard all links to risk in general, honestly, there is a signing out there that may want to join Manchester United. He is a very young prospect and... One that has the same has the same training as Erling Brett holland when it comes to the German Bundesliga, and of course I am talking about Borussia Dortmund, hailing from the same club as well. The player that I am talking about is Yusufa Mokoko, which is a seventeen-year-old striker for Borussia Dortmund. I think that. I think it, it's a left field shout. It really, really is because he doesn't have that much Bundesliga experience. He had 16 games last year with Erling Brett Holland, the former striker for Borussia Dortmund, being injured. He needed to step up and play for the team, and he did relatively well being 16 years old at the time. He is now 17, of course, being a year after, and two games in, he's already has a goal and two assists under his name. It is a extremely high gamble considering the fact that he again he does not have the experience. But being only valued at fifteen million euros, I think Manchester United could finagle something away from Borussia Dortmund and get Mukoko away from Borussia Dortmund for cheap. And that is the reason why that is my left field shout. It 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 is really, really, really out there, but one for the future possibly because he's just a, a, a great talent. And based off these first two games, I know that you can't really base an entire season off those first two games. But look at Manchester United. They're in dead last and they they really need something. So if they can offload... Ronaldo and then, of course, with our defensive midfield suggestion, pushing up Lissandro Martinez from that center back role and filling that role with either Skriniar, Martinez, or Sayunchu from Leicester. And then filling the hole of Ronaldo from either Alexander Isik, Victor Osimhen, or Yusufa Mokoko, I think would be a really really decent shout for Manchester United at this current point in time but that is going to be the end of how I would fix for this week of our warm burner news section I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode thank you thank you thank you a million times thank you for everything making it to the end of this episode. As I stated at the beginning of this episode, stay tuned this next week or the following weekend. I've got some big news for you guys. I am so excited for this coming up. I hope you guys have an amazing week, an amazing time having fun playing soccer. If you are able to play, stay safe, have fun, love soccer, and I'll see you guys next week. Ciao, everyone.